Welcome to the Bean Town Podcast. Ugh. Late night, getting comfortable, live from the beautiful city of Rockton, Illinois. Coming to you live from Illinois, the natural state. It's Quinn David Furness, joined by a special guest, and we mean special. Matthew Fiedler, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm happy to be here. How are your Although vocal cords? my house. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks again for letting me do my laundry upstairs. <laughs> we kind of got a little uh, Wayne's World action going on down here. We're down in the basement. Spent a lot of spent a lot of time down in this basement in my life. Probably it's probably basement number two in terms of time that I've spent in my life after my childhood home. Oh, really? You don't you didn't visit many basements as a child? Or is well, neither one of my uh, grandparents had basements. Okay. And I'm trying to think, there isn't really anyone else. I mean, we played a lot of time playing ping pong down here and parties and. There was some explicit activity <laughs> happening on certain rugs. Yeah. Well, okay. First of all, you can't just you can't just drop that. And not uh, first. I feel like I should disclaim that it wasn't us. <laughs> <Yeah>. Not <laughs> it wasn't like me and Matthew. I feel like that's no. important. Yeah. Well, before we tell any stories, we should probably mention that listener discretion is advised <laughs> when you're tuning into the Bean Town podcast. Number one. I should have gotten a cough drop when I was upstairs. <laughs> Number one, uh, this is going to be interesting. The, uh, uh, the occasionally drop some jargon or paraphernalia here or there. Number two, the podcast is objectively terrible. Although, how bad can a podcast really be when you're joined by the state line's number one tax accountant, Matthew uh, Fiedler? I don't know. It's it's. I have the listeners have high hopes for this podcast, and we're going to bring it. So. I feel like uh, you've uh, you're out of touch with the state line since you've been away. You don't yeah. know what kind of well. Ever since Eric Sorensen unfriended me on Facebook, oh, I that's a low blow. I, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, a couple of years ago, raw, huh? well, I used to be friends with Eric Wilson too. I had I had double teamed WREX thirteen, and now they just got a new batch of kids in there. So I don't know. Enough, you know, man. I got a big time beer belly going here i got a lot of water in there water uh, uh let's see uh, matthew you were telling a story about a certain uh rug well i don't know how uh how detailed i should really get oh, the fans not, crave really, details it's not really my story to tell okay I'll, I'll tell some of it and i don't think that it affects people that i know now of course to be Almost fair heidi's tuning in no, i don't think so well maybe she wasn't even there Beantown Podcast is international now. We're in Winnipeg, Vancouver. Anywhere there's internet, right? Elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay, so I think it was a birthday party. So it was Darlene, my older sister, for those of you who do not know, who are international. Um, and my birthday, they're very close. They're like six days apart. Um, August 4th. My, that's what my birthday is, yeah. Um, and... So she invited uh, quite a bit of her friends over, and um, I didn't invite. Uh, actually, I don't really think it was a birthday party for me. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think it just happened to be a party around when my birthday was. So it's for her. Uh, you you weren't there, um, right? Yeah, you were there. I don't know. You were there. 
This was like 30 years ago. Yeah. So uh, Quinn and his brothers and his uh, his sister. Were, uh, I don't know if Abby was there. Abby yeah, we probably didn't invite her. I think uh, I think she was invited. You probably just didn't relay that message. That make that makes sense. And um, so Darlene had a lot of her then friends um, over. Ooh, it sounds like there's another story there, but and keep I, going. So uh, I think my parents were very keen on like keeping the party outside. I say party. It was more like a bonfire. We had you know uh, food out there and. But for some reason, a few of them slipped inside and then like snuck into our basement. And my dad, I think it was dad, <laughs> stumbled across them. He came downstairs to flip the light on and they were engaged in a, a, to keep it light, um, some form of yoga pose on our, on our rug. <laughs> and it just got awkward. Uh, there was one person watching and two people engaging in yoga. Uh, and that's as far as I'll probably go. And, uh, Ever since then, the baby-making rug has been... Uh, I, we don't have it anymore. This is a different rug, by the way, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Um, Donated it to charity, I hope. And they were never invited. Or the Children's again. Hospital, just to complete the circle of life. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but yeah, so there's a story. I, uh, you it's ever, not super exciting, but well, it did happen. It scarred us all. Do you know the song, The Party's Over, in parentheses, Hopelessly in Love by Journey? Because I imagine that's what your dad was singing after that. <laughs> the party is over. I've gone away. It's kind of a deeper journey cut, but if anyone's listening out there, for all five of you, go go ahead and listen to Journey, Hopelessly in Love. It's actually a really underrated song. Can I? I don't know if you know this. Um, I was actually going to bring it up earlier when we were talking about music because I think Journey, you might have mentioned a Journey song, and I forgot about it. Did you know that Steve Perry, the original frontman for Journey, is coming out with his own solo stuff now? Yeah. He was just doing some interviews recently. Oh. I saw it on YouTube. Yeah, so it was just recent. I just heard about mm-hmm. it on NPR. Well, he hasn't been with Journey for many years now. Yeah. I mean, like, he was there when they got popular, and then he left. But I don't know why he left. Well, yeah, I mean, he was... He was still with them up in, into the 90s at least. So, I mean, by that time, all their major hits had come out. I mean, I think the last... Sherry? I mean, that's just Steve Perry, right? Uh, I, think I don't I think that's a Journey song. I think that's just a Steve Perry uh, song. Oh, could be, I We guess. can do research on it later. Anyways, I think the last kind of major Journey song that ever came out that are, would still be considered like classic journey would be when you love a woman, okay. which I think is like mid nineties, maybe, maybe late eighties. I'm not sure, but yeah, that's still him, but I don't I mean, know. He had the classic hair. Oh, he got amazing hair. Yeah. With like the, it's, you know, if I, I don't know if you if call I, that a mullet, but I think he's my celebrity doppelganger. No, that you're Dustin Hoffman. Or, yeah, okay. You're if Dustin Hoffman and John Cusack had a gaby, that's that's who you are. <laughs> yeah, but the hair situation has been calmed down since. Uh, <laughs> yeah, your hair doesn't look like any one of those people now. Yeah. But no, I think I've I think there is a scene or a picture from all the president's men. Yeah, I looked exactly at it one time. Like, and I was like, whoa, that's Matthew Fiedler. That's crazy talk. Yeah, me hanging out with Robert Redford. So I haven't seen that movie, by the way. What? Yeah, sorry. Did you read the book? Nope. Did you read uh, Fear by uh, Bob Woodward? No. Did you see Deep Throat uh, or Mark, what was it called? Mark Felt, the Liam Neeson movie about Deep Throat? No. 
I didn't see that one either. It got pretty bad <laughs> reviews, which was a shame because it's like a pretty I'm cool I'm a Liam story. Mason fan. Well, then you would probably like Mark Felt. I, I feel like uh, Liam Neeson just doesn't get old. He, uh, he's I, like I, a better version of Bruce Willis. Th- I feel like okay he's starting to slow that? down I feel like that's kind of, that'll piss some people off. Did you see The Commuter? Yeah. What did you think? I never saw it. Uh, it was a... <laughs> There's your strong okay, recommendation. Okay, right after I said that, I love Liam Neeson. Uh, it was okay. It was all right. It's not going to like be like oh whoa this is my favorite movie it's like a one-off movie like you watch it to say you watch it and like oh yeah i feel but like that's kind of what his career in his later years has turned into unfortunately yeah he got uh liam neeson's never won an oscar i don't believe but he did get nominated at the very least for schindler's list he didn't win for schindler's list both he and rafe uh, fines got nominated in the acting categories but Neither one of them won, although Schindler's List won probably, I don't know, seven or eight Oscars. So I was just looking at that the other day. Best Picture, I think John Williams might have won for that. I bet Steven Spielberg won for that. So, yeah, it's a classic. Matthew, what's the last Liam Neeson movie you saw that you really liked? That I really liked, huh? Um, I, you know what? The last Liam Neeson movie I probably saw was A Commuter. Yeah, but you didn't really like it. I didn't really like it. What about... There's a... Unknown is a decent movie. I mean, like... So he... I think the plot line is he gets, uh, like, uh, amnesia. Yeah. Or, like, uh, what's it called when it's not... Like, it comes back. It's just, like, for temporary amnesia. Is there a clinical term for that? I don't know. Okay, but so he gets amnesia... And then he's like trying to put his life back together, and he's there's some kind of. Uh, Are you thinking of Memento with Guy Pierce? No, although that is a good movie. There's also um, there's an a Bollywood spinoff of Memento. Oh, that sounds called ambitious. I think it's called Gajani. It's really a great movie. If uh, the Bollywood industry is very untapped, I think by American culture. Oh, I feel like it's tapped, just not maybe by Americans. <laughs> just not tapped very hard. Yeah. Bollywood. You know, I almost went to Dollywood a couple days same. ago. Not the same at all. Well, I figured since we were talking about it, we might as well. It rhymes. Yeah. yeah okay. You ever so go to Dolly World? I never went to Dolly World. You ever been to the Great Smokies? Yeah. So it's right there. You should have hit it up while you were there. Yeah. I, uh, we I drove, feel like I'm kind of missing out. Well, a little bit, yeah. We drove by it uh, one time. We were driving from North Carolina back to Northern Illinois and we went through the Great Smokies, and we I think we drove through Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg. Is that what it's called? I was driving from Knoxville to Chattanooga on Thursday evening. And you can go the direct route right along the interstate. It takes you about an hour 40. Or you can go into... The Great Smokies. The Adventures route. And it takes forever. If you go all the way to Cherokee, North Carolina, which is on the other side of the park, and then back out to Chattanooga, that takes about five hours total. That's what I did last year. I was driving from Chattanooga to Knoxville, and I went all the way to Cherokee and then came back out. And it's fun. It's really pretty, but it's also, you know, five hours to go a grand total of probably something like... I don't know, maybe only like 150, 160 miles because once you're in the 
the park and then also the Cherokee National Forest. It's just windy roads, extremely windy, and it's not a speed limit situation. It's just you physically, unless you, you want to yeah. crash your car. Well, how's your traction control? Like oh, it's it's great, but you know I don't know how much that you really want to test. Yeah understandable and then you get behind the minivan and you can't pass because you can't see anything on the other side so i decided this time around i kind of did a halfway so i didn't go although i technically at one point did end up in north carolina but i didn't go all the way to the other side of the park or the forest i kind of went halfway in and then came back out and then i did a really cool thing you can see it on my facebook page if any of you are friends on my personal page i'll try to upload that to the uh to the podcast page as well but i was standing in so i i drove out to where pretty close to where you can stand in three states at once north carolina tennessee and georgia what's your stance look like when you do that what's my stance okay so if you're gonna stand in two states it's like one foot in each state well i put one foot in all three states right on the corner you know that's hard to do well, you, with GPS and modern technology, it only took me a couple you, minutes. So you stood in all three states with, on one, with one foot. It's like I was playing Pokemon Go, yeah. and I just went where the money was. You know? <laughs> was I exactly on all three states? Probably not. Because okay, so you just how... went off on modern technology, and now you're backtracking? Jeez. I am. I'm triggered. Just getting hammered <laughs> at every port here. It's like you're playing Lord of the Rings Risk, and... You really thought that your hold on Gondor was strong, and next thing you know, armies from the east, Mordor, oh, this Dead Marsh's armies are piling up. Oh, don't forget, Minas Tirith is under siege. When's the last time you actually played Risk? Played Risk? Yeah. Uh, probably 10 years ago. Really? That long? Well, probably more recently on the computer, but... So, for know. people that are listening... Um, Basically, the only reason why Quinn and I talked was because uh, I think you came over one day and taught me how to play Risk, right? Did we teach you how to play Risk? Yeah. I think so. I mean, like, we had it. I had it, but I didn't also, I didn't really know how to play it. Yeah, we spent a lot of time growing up in general, both my family and then with Matthew, playing a lot of Risk. I think with you, we probably played original most, most often. often, because we would play on your computer more frequently than not. It was a lot easier to set up. A lot easier to, to set up, and Matthew could cheat. And oh, yeah. Yeah, F12 or whatever <laughs> it was. There's a few people. Actually, well, only a handful of people know this, but then I, I found, like, a crack to the, the software, and um, it was, like, unlimited reinforcements, and I slowly yeah. and surely was building an army against. It was, I think it was just Jack and you, right? Typically, yeah. I don't think I've ever played with Walt. No. No, Walt was always busy doing stuff. We would sit up on the second floor of Mount Olive Lutheran Church in Alpine Road during volleyball tryouts and <laughs> play Risk. What a time to be alive. Oh, man. I forgot about that. Yeah. I just uh, yeah, I told you I was seeing those swing dancing photos on uh, Facebook the other day. Yeah, uh, Quinn and I used to be swingers. Oh yeah, we we swang, uh, swang. You know the '60s key parties, all that stuff. But I saw the the windows, you know, from the gym into the youth room or whatever it was called, and so that made me think of that. 
I played a lot of Risk. When my brothers and I, we played a lot of Lord of the Rings Risk. It's a little bit more involved, uh, some more variations. The map was huge. That was a lot of fun. Here's the problem with three-player Risk is, especially my brothers and I, all fairly conservative in terms of our uh, military strategies. They, it's really tough when you play three players to really make moves on anything because if one person is ambitious enough to make a big strike against another player, then inherently they're left weaker and exposed to the third player. And if you let that happen, then chaos ensues. And if there's one thing we don't like when we're playing Risk, it's chaos. We like a nice, orderly, neat game. You want to always feel in control of everything. You want to have, this is my territories, and I'm going to hold this continent this turn. And no, I'm not going to try to take all of Asia, but that's okay, because you're not going to either. I, the, so I had a similar issues, because so my sister's... Um, we're all pretty much down with playing risk too. So like when I wasn't playing with you, I'd play with them, but I come from such a loving family that they felt really bad killing you Mm -hmm. off. (laughs) So it ended up just being like, uh, we'll get you really close to dying, but I won't finish you off because I feel bad because then you're not playing anymore. Yeah. It's much more world diplomacy than military takeover. Although, so I was I was a little bit too young to really experience this fully, but you would always hear stories of um, people, my brothers, but other people going over to, like, uh, I won't name drop, but certain people's birthday parties, and risk was always a thing there. And you get, I know you're playing six-player risk, which I think is the max you can play in the original and oftentimes in six player risk if you are the last person to have a turn you're pretty much dead there's a good chance you don't even have a turn <laughs> that's very I true i mean you might start i'm trying to think off the time i had how many territories there are on, are on a normal risk board probably not a ton probably somewhere around like 30 to 40 and so if you're playing with six people you only have six territory, six to seven territories to start a game and you just might not physically get a turn or you get one turn, but you're not able to really do anything and you just pick up your three reinforcements. And if there's someone else who gets a continent bonus, then you're screwed if they decide they want to come after you. So uh, this just said we have 42 territories. 42 territories. I was pretty close. Yeah, so, yeah. so if you play six players, everyone gets seven countries. Yeah. Um, and there's also a big incentive. If you if you do get one turn and you take a card, then you're even more of a sitting duck because if someone kills you off and they get your card, right. and in a big game like that, that can mean a uh, world of difference, no pun intended. So if they don't kill you off the, f- kill you off the first turn, your reinforcements, I'm guessing it's just three. Yeah, we're getting really nerdy now, but you get three reinforcements, and you're just more concentrated. So, like, it'll probably be at that point of the game, it's slightly harder to kill you off. It's just easier to do it the first turn. Yeah, it really just depends if you're in someone's way, if or if you're just super spread out, and you only have like one guy in each. Then, oftentimes, you'll have 
you might even be a player who devotes your entire turn with your reinforcements just to killing off someone else because you know you're going to get their card back, plus all the territories you take over yeah. in exchange. So, yeah, super level nerd time now what's discussing the, yeah, risk. What's but. the most advanced board game you've ever played? Like most rules, most pieces? Um, most. I don't really imbibe too much, especially since I went away to college and crazy board games. My brother... Oldest brother, Walt, and maybe when he listens to this, he'll leave a comment on our YouTube page, but there's a certain game that he plays with some college buddies who are, in fact, who had gone to the college he went to and graduated before he even got there, but nevertheless college buddies because he met them while he was at the college. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it's called. It's something... Virgin Queen, I think, is what it's called. It's a suggestive title. But according to him, and I've never seen a game take place, but these games take hours. They do it overnight, and they play once a year, I believe. My brother Walt, who is a is a good strategist and good at board games, but can't hold a candle in terms of just the in-depth strategy of this board game, specifically to some of the people he plays with, from what I've heard. And uh, he's still managed to win the last two games, last two years, which is impressive. But I believe it's called Virgin Queen. I've never seen it myself. The most complicated game I've ever played. I don't know. Have you ever played Dominion? Um, I've heard of it. Well, not a board game, but a card game. That at at its base is a very simple game with very simple rules. But there are a lot of different cards that you throw into the mix that can change things. So... It's a very easy game to understand, and if you have sort of easy cards, then games are quick. But if you throw in really complex cards, that's when, if we ever let Walt, my oldest brother, set up a game of Dominion, he just kicks our ass because he uses all the tricky cards that he knows, and I only play you know once or twice a year, so I don't have as much strategy there. So this Virgin Queen game. Yeah. There's a tutorial on YouTube on how to do the first turn. And how long is it? Yeah, the tutorial is two hours long. Yep. And that's, that's just for the insane. first turn. Oh. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'd be interested, and I'm sure you can go on YouTube and watch games and stuff. I'd be interested in seeing what it looks like and just why it takes yeah. so damn long. It looks like it's like a map of Europe. That would make sense if um, the title's Virgin Queen. Yeah. And it's 150 bucks. And then there's like shipping added onto that. Oof. Yeah, it seems like a pretty old school game. What an investment. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Time investment. Monetary investment. Yeah, plus you might lose some friends in the process. Yeah. Mm. That's guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. Played a lot of board games growing up. I'll still play a lot of board games and such when I visit with family. But otherwise, throughout the year, I don't typically do it because my friends don't really get interested in that stuff and i've like brought my my collar board to work and no one wants to play so that's too bad i, I, I play that i love marble yeah my collar is fun i played some with my uh brother uh one of them i don't remember which one probably jack a couple weeks or months ago and he kicked my butt so do you ever dabble in like uh card games like canasta I mean, I don't know. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't played Canasta. Uh, what what type of card games? Just any game, like uh, like Go Fish or Strip uh, Poker. Yeah, Poker, Go Fish, any of those. I strip guess. Poker is next on the agenda for us. 
for us, I suck at that. How can you suck at strip poker? Uh, I just, I really don't have much to show. <laughs> so, uh, well, what, what's your favorite card game, Matthew? Um, uh, speed is a good one. Speed is, yeah, I like doing speed. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, double, you double it up. You play speed while doing speed. Oh, that would be the life. Um, but also recently, um, shout out to my girlfriend. Uh, she has been obsessed with a game called Monopoly Deal. That's a fun game. So it's like it's a summarized version of playing Monopoly, but no board. And you have like cards that represent the properties and there's like different action cards. That's pretty fun. Monopoly can really break friendships. Oh, yeah. 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 I played one game of Monopoly in the last five years, and it was at a coworker's house. We had a snow day, and let's see. Um, Do you still talk to that coworker? Uh, yeah, because he's <laughs> nice. But we played Monopoly, and I just got lucky with. They were all trading, but. What's your strategy? The thing with Monopoly is, um, that <laughs> I have to be so. <laughs> yeah, after a pause at some point. Uh, my strategy is just I'm really boring. Roll the dice, go around, collect mm. money when it's time to collect, pay when it's time to pay, and see what happens. Really? So what I do is I roll, and then every time I land on a spot, I just buy it just every single time. Well, that just works until it. you don't have money to buy it. But then you can trade because you have literally everything. Unless you're not landing on spots. Then that sucks. But <laughs> more often really than not. really in-depth strategy here, man. <laughs> Chances. I mean, you have to adapt. You can't have like a, you know, always win strategy. But there's more places to purchase than there are not places to purchase. At the beginning At the of the beginning, game, yes. Yeah. Well, what, what I do oftentimes or what I see when I'm playing with friends is or coworkers, they really go crazy and they like to do trades. But in almost any trade imaginable in Monopoly, there's going to be a clear winner and a clear loser. And Unless so it's exactly the same monetary value. That's tough to tough to find. Um, it's just like I would never make a trade in which I knew I was going to be the clear loser. So I don't know. I don't typically go for those trades. Matthew, you wanna you wanna vamp for a little bit? <laughs> you're leaving me to yeah. Well, thirty seconds, and ah, I'll be back. Okay, well, you're a quick uh, peer. No, I'm not gonna wash my hands. Well, can you please just? Uh, I'll try. I'm okay with sitting here in silence for an extra few no seconds. No dead air. No dead air. Uh, well, uh, I guess this is our seventh inning stretch. Not for me, of course, but for Quinn. Um, for those of you that are still listening, um, thanks for still listening. Um, yeah, well, I really ran out of things to talk about pretty quickly. If you guys have not checked out the uh, Beantown Unplugged segment that was shot, that was shot earlier. Um, we're doing this subsequent to that, um, but I, it probably hit the um, the internet a little bit quicker, so that should be up. And I think that's up on the Beantown Podcast Facebook page, um, and I'll, I'll have to double check on uh, Quinn's posting strategy if that's also 
put out there on Twitter as well. But if you um, if you want to see some old classics get um, slightly butchered, um, then go ahead and check that out. The butchering wasn't so much on Quinn's part, but um, there were some higher um, falsetto and backing vocals that were pretty rough, as well as just overall guitar playing. Um, but be sure to check that out. Also, you can uh, email the Beantown Podcast at beantown um, at yahoo.com. And um, I, I verify with Quinn why he's using Yahoo, but apparently that's the up-and-coming uh, platform. Is that correct? I think it's came and it's went, but I think we need to hook you up with Gmail. You might get more mail. You might be getting mail. It's just being sent to spam. I really don't know. Here's the thing. The Bean Tom Podcast is an all-American. Did you wash your hands? Absolutely. Okay, good. It's an all-American podcast, and we like to look to the past to guide our future. And I think Yahoo's both the past and the future. Oh, yeah, with Ymail. Is that what they call it? Yeah, so it's their spinoff of Gmail. But it doesn't quite ring quite as well. But you can always email us. Bean Tom, I don't know if you already did this. I slightly did. I didn't spell it out for him. Yeah. Well, you got to. So in case people can't understand. <laughs> Bean Town Podcast, Yahoo.com. That's Bean Town, B-E-A-N-T-O-B-A, Podcast, Yahoo.com. <laughs> well, how do you spell how do you how do you spell town? You Look, just went over. Yeah, this is my B-town, show. <laughs> We're going to spell the way I want to spell. Maybe that's why you're not getting it. Did you check your email? Yeah. Should, well, yeah, there is nothing in there. Okay. Maybe that's why. I signed up for a lot maybe of like, people aren't getting free cruises down. and stuff and a trip to Las Vegas through that email, though. Oh, and I'm getting a lot of spam. Well, maybe, that's, maybe that's worth then having a spammy email. You get all these great offers. Cruise for two. That could be us. Well, I don't know, Matthew. How many throwaway emails do you have? Uh, none of them are throwaway. I, you know, unfortunately, there's another Matthew Fiedler out there who's mm. took who took it. And this is a big question that I have. I'm going to go on a mini rant here. I won't take up too much airtime. But uh, so once we have children and they have children and they have children, what happens? Do they like phase out emails? Like, you know what I mean? I think uh, we're gonna run out of. Some there'll be a process if there isn't already one for identifying people who have passed and removing their. Yeah, because like what? Wh- that'll have it. Probably it. I'm sure there's at some level somewhere something like that exists. It hasn't had to have been a thing yet because it hasn't been a considering the issue. internet's only been around for thirty years it's in its infancy. But yeah, in the next fifty years, that will definitely become a. Major. I don't. I don't think necessarily a problem because I think it's an easy problem to identify. Yeah. Maybe not a super easy one to solve, but I think there are some smart people out there. They'll figure out how to do those things. So yeah, like I have background I have checks like and stuff. Maybe three personal emails, and they're all variations of my name, and then just like a a number at the end. But what are you using? Oh, the Gmail. For? Yeah. So what are the other two? What are their purposes? Oh, they're all Gmail. They're just different emails. But, like, why? Why do you have three different Gmail ones? Because one I never check, one I never check, and then one I use. <laughs> so what's the purpose of having the other Spammy, two? Spammy, like, stuff. If you have to sign up for something, you just do okay, it. Okay, that's your... what we call a throwaway. Yeah, that's, and that's why I said that. Okay, so I, I asked two... you how many throwaways you have, and you two. said none. I've... No, no, no. I said, I mean, <laughs> throwing away. We're going to have to listen back to the tape on this one. Yeah, I... 
I don't know. Ugh. My short-term memory is not grand. You have memory. short-term amnesia, like we were talking about earlier. But, yeah, so I technically have two, then, that are throwaways. All right. I'm trying to think. I have... I have an entirely... Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Let's go back. So what was the... Um, you don't have to say exactly, I guess, but what was the... What was your first email address? My first email like address... Was it like 43 or something? No, it was qdave016 at yahoo.com. Okay, still with the Yahoo. Yeah, well, <laughs> when, this was back in 2005, and... I don't think Gmail was invented in 2005, uh, or yeah. if it had, it had been literally one or two years. The um, only competition with Yahoo was AOL, probably. Yeah, AOL, Comcast, like my parents. I don't even know. Comcast. Was Comcast? Yeah, my parents, when we were growing up, their, e- their primary email was always a Comcast one. Okay. But before that, it was Juno, Juno.net, which I don't know too much about, but... Um, yeah, I had a Yahoo email address first, and then the only reason I got it was because I started playing fantasy football when I was 10. Okay, yeah. And you need an email address for that. Then I got my regular personal email address when I was probably, I don't know, 16 or so, around that time, like when I got a phone and stuff. Yeah. When that stuff starts to become a little bit more relevant, although I don't recall really almost ever using my personal email address in high school probably only to like hit on girls or something before yeah, I had a makes phone. Sense. Yeah. Now, I I know that uh with your line of work um you might not have the uh ab- ability to share too much. But what's it do you get like really strange email addresses that come through your inbox at work? Cuz I think you're you're subjected to a plethora of Different email address. For me, it's all standardized, like, where I work. Yeah, in terms of, like, what the actual handles are. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I do. I don't look at those, though. I don't look at... Because my... I don't know, I don't know how this stuff works, but my exchange will identify... Like, the name? Names, the name. and so I'm not actually okay. looking at... It's there if I wanted to look at it, but I never do. I just look at the name, and then I see, you know... The, the message, the subject line, all that stuff. So I'm sure they do, but I don't actually look at them. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, to the, the listeners at home or in your car, wherever you are, you're really, you're really missing out because you're missing out on Quinn's long flowing locks that are just like two stories above his head. He's got a nice <laughs> little, got a little Kramer, a, the Cosmo Kramer look going here. Is yeah. astounding. I noticed that in the mirror. It's getting out of control. You know when you have... Those days when it goes from you feel perfect in the morning to by the very end of the day, you just feel like absolute you, you crap. Spend it all. Is that now? That's how we're doing right now. Ooh, oh. <laughs> this so the it most of the day I've just been the sore throat, and then I think the Bon Jovi we were doing earlier really kicked something into hyperdrive because now the stomach's going. And just now, like in the last 20 minutes, the congestion is starting. In fact, I was sitting in the we bathroom. We need some Mucinex. I need something. I think that's what Or tea or uh, whiskey. I can, uh, I can get you both. In fact, I was sitting in the bathroom during this podcast thinking to myself. <laughs> Where were you sitting? <laughs> on, the, on the throne, right? On the throne. Okay. Uh, and I was thinking, wow, you know, this is... It's all kind of going the way I expected, but I haven't had any 
congestion yet because if it's going to be a mini cold then i'm going to have two yeah, or three days you. where i'm going to have to be blowing my nose quite a bit which will be fun because based on how it's going today the worst day is going to be monday and tuesday which is perfect right when i start working again but now the congestion is coming my breathing there's no like snot or anything but i can already feel that my nasal passages are getting a little bit more swollen oh, and my voice is getting a little bit deeper yeah little, but that's uh, good for the podcast it's great for the podcast i was gonna say that um people people dig that deep oh yeah people are quality. flocking to this episode for sure how low can you go uh uh, walls up, double down. Isn't John Mellencamp coming to the Coronado yeah, soon? Yeah, I'll have to come uh, back for that. John Cougar Mellencamp, Matthew. Who who are some of the bigger artists you've ever seen live in concert? You're live? a big music oh, guy. Geez. Yeah, uh, I've seen Coldplay live. Yeah, that's pretty I've good. Seen, uh, Lord Huron live. Yeah, we all know Lord uh, Huron. It's Khalid everyone's favorite I've seen band. Live. Who? Khalid. I remember you telling me about that. Uh, that was pretty yeah. good. That was a rough concert, though, for me. Oh, yeah? You got stoned? Well, secondhand. Secondhand I, stoned. I <laughs> I wasn't going to tell anybody this, but I also threw up. Nice. Yeah. The, you know what, though? The concert goers were very nice, and they offered me water that was like $10 a carton. They just said, here, take it. Wow. To which I took... And then I was like, I don't know what's in this. I assume it was water, but oh, chivalry is not dead. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that was a good concert. And then uh, I, th- I think I saw Mercy Me. <laughs> well, they're a pretty big name in the Christian scene. Yeah, um, it was one of those like ten for one where you go and like all, all the hip and happening Christian artists yeah. are there. Um, I can only imagine. Yeah, and I did. <laughs> I didn't have to because they were singing. So like long, Sarah. Well, it's been fun, but I have found somebody else. So long, Sarah. There's just no room for two, so you are going to have to move. So long, Sarah. To take this wrong with me, wrong for you. Farewell, oh well, goodbye, don't cry. Wow. <laughs> I don't think I even Your your recollection of the lyrics are pretty great. I didn't You know even, there's uh, their 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 single from like two years ago called Shake. You know that song? Uh, I don't think so. You better shake Oh that's that's Aretha Franklin. Oh. So not um it's pretty catchy though. We can watch the video after this. It was good stuff. It might have been nominated for a Grammy. Get out of here. Well, they, the only Grammys there are like okay, seventy can categories. We, can you rant a little bit on um, Christian music? Well, you know what I'm gonna rant on. <laughs> Anyone can win a Grammy these days because they got it for like best spoken word performed okay, in a right, small well, okay, you're theater. Getting, you're getting close to something that I'm very passionate about. <laughs> So I'm going to cut you off. Okay. I don't want to hear any of this crap about like, oh, Bob Dylan doesn't deserve a Nobel Peace Prize. No, not Bob Dylan, but you know who doesn't deserve a Grammy? Obama. Uh, Yeah, okay. He does have a a great voice, though. 
But What's your if, best Obama impression? Can we? Okay. Let's. I can't do an Obama impression. You can knock yourself America. out. America. That's not Obama. The beautiful. It's well. I think it's just the way that like you end your syllable. It's the way of speaking. It's not necessarily his vocal quality. Well, you're supposed to do both. I can't do both. I can only do one. Uh, look, this podcast might be pretty terrible. But <laughs> there it is. There. I uh, I think if you give it a little bit of a listen. You might just uh, find something you didn't think you were going to be looking for. And what it might mean for you, the listener, is better quality of life. <laughs> you sound like Obama with a head cold. <laughs> Obama <laughs> with a head cold. Uh, yeah, we covered a lot of ground. Uh, ranting on Christian music, what specifically do you want me to okay, rant on? Because I, I love is, the Christians. Yeah. <laughs> so I. People uh, say I don't like Christians. I love the Christians. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to speechless. Say that. <laughs> I'm speechless. Um, so when you're scrolling, I say scrolling, but like when you're flipping through the channels on the radio or however the kids do it these days. I don't have a car, nor do I have a TV, All so right, there's not so a lot of channel flipping. It always used to be. I remember the days when they had like. The way it seems to me. I remember the days where you would actually. <laughs> there's a dial. There's something that you would do to change the channels on your radio, right? Yeah. And you knew the split second, the split second you hit a Christian station because all Christian music, at least the ones that are aired on the radio, sound exactly the same. They're the basic chords. I'm not saying that like pop music of today is any like major stretch of like complicated music structure or great chord usage, but like you could just tell it was Christian music. And it's like it kind of got boring. You know what I mean? Well, here's the thing. Contemporary Christian music is not terribly creative. Yeah. And the reason for that is because they're caught in between a rock and a hard place. Cause you get, unless you're like a big time solo artist who produces Christian music. And right. And now I'm thinking like a skillet type of band where they're, they're a Christian band, but you're not singing their songs in church. There okay. aren't very many more bands like that. Yeah, like Skillet or like, I mean, Switchfoot's not going to come out and explicitly say they're a Christian band, but right. a lot of their music deals very clearly with Christian themes. But then the majority of mainstream Christian artists, someone like Hillsong or Chris Tomlin, they write their stuff with a specific goal in mind of making their songs easy to sing as part of a congregation. Right. If your song is going to be easy to sing as part of a congregation, it inherently can't be that out there or creative. And, you know, I've had firsthand experience with this. It go to like a mega church with a really good band and they might play a kick-ass song that also happens to be a Christian song, but then you're just at a concert because nobody is... Right. No one can 95% of the people don't have the musical prowess. Uh, yeah, to be able to follow not along all bon with that Jovi's. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of why that is the way it is. But you're right. When you flip a channel or a radio station to a Christian music, you can. there are certain qualities. It's very positive and uplifting. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. I hate the upliftingness. Oftentimes, multiple sing people singing together on one note 
It's a very oh, that's what I was trying to do earlier. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very common my, uh, church thing. Harmonizing. Yeah, and lots of yeah, lots lots of pretty basic instrumentation. Not typically anything too crazy. Although you know what, and when I'm around people and they see that I'm listening to this, they assume that I'm doing some sort of like anti-Christian research. It's not. I listen to a lot of uh, Gaither Vocal Band. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Heard. Southern Gospel. They're they're like the the, the premier. Uh, like, okay. Not all their stuff is, is Southern Gospel, but like Baptist. Uh, yeah, Choir more or Baptist? less. We okay. we can look at it after, and I'll show you show you what I mean. But uh, I do listen to a lot of their stuff, and it's not because I'm really digging all the Christian themes and things that they sing about some of that can be hit or miss for me but these guys and i'll show you after we're done you'll see what i'm talking about they they get the best they get the best people to sing in that group and they are crazy good um so i appreciate that not as someone who's searching for organized religion in my life but as someone who really appreciates excellent singing so I do, I actually listen to their stuff pretty much every day, not for like my wow. morning ritual of spiritual upliftment, but because like it's really catchy stuff. So yeah. that Bill Gaither, he, he writes some catchy songs. Good for Bill. Yeah. Good for Bill. Yeah. So what's, what's, uh, so you mentioned that you, uh, you listen to that every day. Well, just because I'm totally a creature of habit. I go on my YouTube and half of it is new recommendations, and half of it is stuff you listen to a billion times. So why not listen to it one more time? And so but I like, say I'd love so to. So besides that, what's what's on your um, your radar as far as current music? Well, I've still been listening to Death Cab a lot lately. Okay, they're classic. Song. Not a ton of their most. They just dropped an album a month ago, and uh, I don't know. It was okay. It wasn't amazing. Nothing that catchy, but I have been getting into a lot of their older stuff because before I started really listening to Death Cab in earnest like two months ago, I could have told you a couple of their songs, and I actually saw them in concert one time, maybe three or four summers ago, but I've really appreciated getting into their uh, older stuff, and a lot of people, when I tell them, oh yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Death Cab lately, they kind of laugh not in like a mocking way at me but just like oh death cab are you feeling like really emo and i don't know i think anyone should go listen to either transatlanticism or plans and ben gibbard who's yeah. been their front man the whole time is one of the best songwriters in my opinion my limited the, scope uh, was it the postal service yep he is not only is his voice awesome and he's a great musician but a really good songwriter yeah. as well. I was just, in fact, this morning in my hotel room as I was getting dressed. There is, so from Transatlanticism, they have a song called uh, uh, They Look Like Giants. Okay. And it's it's not one of their super well-known songs, but it's a good song. But I was watching a live version, and it was just from someone's like phone in the audience. So I, I had low expectations for quality. The sound quality actually sounded really good, but it's like a 10-minute version of this three minute song and in the middle of it, they wheel out a second drum state drum set on stage and Ben Gibbard and the drummer like 
play at the same time, it's awesome. Whoa. I'm going to make a list quickly of a couple of videos we can look at after we finish up. But it was it was awesome. And like I didn't know literally until this morning that Ben Gibbard could play drums like that. But um, if anyone does want a quick taste, just go find Death Cab's uh, Tiny Desk Concert on NPR. Oh, they do um, great uh, concerts. Yeah. Strip down, yeah. that's how it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. Exactly. Have you ever seen the, is it T-Pain? He does a ton. He does great. Oh, fun. man. Yeah. What a great singer. I, I almost prefer it without all the auto-tune. Like, he's a very, uh, and that's kind of what I appreciate. Like, you have, there's so many popular artists now that, like, they, they can't sing. You know what I mean? And it's so refreshing when you find someone that's, like, they're pretty good. And then you like see them live, and they're just they're better, you know. Agreed. Yeah. Um, without all the, I I've really um kind of fallen back into more acoustic stuff, or acoustic covers from the you know original artists of their songs. It just feels a lot more like authentic, less processed. Yeah. Agreed. Depends on my mood, but I feel what you're saying for sure. Uh, there's one other thing that I want to do quickly and it'll be quick cause it's not a very in-depth story, but I had meant, so I was talking to Matthew right before we started recording that I was driving up here from Southern Indiana this morning. Oh, my voice is really starting to go. We'll make this quick. Um, and I, it was the July 21st episode. And on that episode, I told a story of a date that I had just gone on. Oh yeah. But I didn't actually tell the story. I basically just teased it and said when the timer's right that I'd tell it. And I'm glad I picked that episode to re-listen to this morning because otherwise, obviously, I would have forgotten because ding, it's ding, been... Ding, 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 ladies and gentlemen. The time is now right. The time... Right? The price is right, the yeah. Price is right. Quinn Furness, come on down. You've got a story for us. So this was a pretty random... I don't know if it was Tinder, whatever app platform I was on at the time. We went on one date... To a Mexican restaurant down by her apartment. Is that kind of a gamble? Oh, it's a big gamble. Mexican's I, always a gamble, especially yeah, on the first date. I say go big or go home. Oh, boy. Uh, and I went big at the Mexican restaurant, and then we went back to her home. So, <laughs> so you did both. Yeah. You had your cake. That's how you know you're having a good time. So we have dinner, and the date is, the chemistry is, like, okay. It's not like, oh, my God, I need to be out of here. Or else I would have gotten out of there. It also wasn't like, oh, this is happening super well how wait how bad is the chemistry like you ask a question and she responds so not. this this wasn't a string of first dates i went out with a couple of different girls who just talked so much okay but it's there's a difference between talking so much and that being okay or talking so much and sharing every single minute detail oh, okay. in a story and if it's if it's like we've been married and you're doing that like okay whatever but you're telling me about all, all these people and all these places and all these things that i've never heard of and you're being very specific to tell me first names and just stuff that like you're not ready for that. Rather than say, and my and then my friend did this. You say, and Andre did this, and I couldn't believe Rachel and I were like, and I don't know who Rachel or Andre are. Okay. And you I felt like I don't even know. I was gonna say it sounded like nice people, but really I didn't get gather much from that. And I don't even. That's I'm, more like a second date type. Thing. Yeah, and I've known you for like ten minutes, so. Yeah. This is a whole new world. Anyways, so the, the the day was going okay, and we were by her apartment. So I figure at the very least I'm going to walk her back, and then I'll walk home. 
normal stuff because I was literally going that way anyways. Yeah. So we start walking back. We're still having conversation. And on the street, we run into two girls who I didn't know. Turns out she had just moved in with them. So the three of them were living together, but she was a stranger to them. So they knew each other, the two girls. She was the odd one out. But yeah. Um, but she was, you know, she clearly already had good chemistry with them. So she starts talking to them and we're just like standing on there on the sidewalk. So wait, were you introduced or no? Oh no. So it wasn't introduced, oh. which was a, so you just look like a, a red flag. Yes. Yeah, so I'm just like standing oh, there man. by her while she's talking. So then she's like, Oh yeah. Are you guys going back to the house? And they, yeah, they were, and we were too. So we all walked back. I still haven't been introduced to these people, these roommates. Wait, so she, she's name dropping like Andre and what's her name, Raquel? Sure. <laughs> but she doesn't even, you don't pick up the names of the people that are right in front of you. We got no introductions. No introductions. Okay, that's rough. Okay. So we approach her house and at this point I really don't know what's going on because one, I haven't been introduced. Two, I don't really want to like go in there because just because like... I was very satisfied with what had happened, and I think it was a work night. So, and I, you know, two mile walk home, understandably, it'd be time to work at home. Mexican, yeah. And so, no words. She and the roommates just start walking up the stairs into the apartment. So, I'm like, oh, well, I, okay, I guess I'm coming in. <laughs> and so, we all go in there, and I just sit down on the couch right in the landing. And she said, okay, I'm going to go upstairs and get changed. I think she had come from work or something. And so I'm sitting down in the living room, and now it's just me and the two roommates. <laughs> and oh, so I, then I introduce myself because it's like, oh, and hi, I'm this guy who's been walking next to you for the no, past so like, 15 they, minutes. Did they literally have no idea who you were up until this point? No. They didn't even know that you just were on a date with their, their roommate? No, they knew I was there, and that's about it. Oh, man. And so we start having conversation. It turns out they're like way better at conversation <laughs> than she was. And they're also uh, more attractive. Let's just leave it wow. at that. Wow. Okay. Alert. I was just dropped. Yeah. So oh, we ended up, I was just sitting in their living room and we were having good conversation. And then the original girl comes down and she joins in and everything's fine. After probably like half an hour of sitting there, I was really like, okay, I need to get out of here. And the uh, I had mentioned on the earlier podcast that it's similar to a Seinfeld episode because I was thinking at the time of maybe trying to pull off a double switch oh, like in man. baseball. Uh, although this would have been, you know, two for one instead of just one for one. <laughs> if you could have even handled that. Yeah. And then this is the type of, it, like if there's a movie that just cuts to black right in the middle of the third act and that's it. Cause I went on vacation and I never texted her back. And then I started talking to, uh, my new lady and that was the end of the story. Does your, uh, new quote unquote new lady, did she listen to your podcast? She sure does not. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we can, you know, bad mouth yeah, her all you know, we want. So if this down the line becomes serious and she goes back digging. Well, I mean, I, I'm not really worried about anything. Yeah, I don't know. I was just did did you say something while I was in the bathroom that I need to know about? Uh, no. <laughs> this is, I think, <laughs> podcast 38, maybe, and for the first time ever, 
someone else had full control over the podcast for you know what, and I should have taken a little bit more advantage of that than I did. I didn't. I wasn't preparing for that. How's your bladder feel now? <laughs> all right. Okay. I'm ready. I'm prepared. For all the doctors out there, <laughs> is there what any is science behind the fact that you have to pee more when you're sick, or is it just because you drink more and you're not? That might not, be a you thing. It's, yeah. Well, I'm going to go again. So you got another all minute right. of okay. platform, well, gonna, then I'm going to come gonna back and we'll wrap up. With the same type of story. I remember, so I've known Quinn a long time, and... Uh, we used to throw back to the days when we were line judges for volleyball. <laughs> so Quinn and I were great at line judging. You give us a flag, um, and my sisters played volleyball, and so does uh, his sister played volleyball as well. They play on the same team. And we would, uh, because we were there, we were supportive brothers, we uh, would be line judges. So the ball lands on the line, you know. Uh, if it was out, you whip that flag out. And you, you know, you tell the main ref that it's out. Uh, but we were very good at what we did. Um, all the refs loved us, I think. And there was a uh, a tournament in Waukesha, uh, Wisconsin. And uh, Quinn rode along with uh, my family. Uh, and we we get there. And I'd, I guess Quinn will have to explain when he comes back from uh, finishing up his business. But he did not go to the bathroom I think it was the two days that we were there. And he, uh, I know this is not healthy. I have since learned. I, I mean, like I had an idea that it was not, but he had to pee so bad, but he was determined to set a record for how long he could hold it. And I think the, the last day is when he finally, uh, I don't want to say burst, but he gave in and he could not, um, he could not hold it anymore. And uh, Quinn's walking out now. How was it? Two days that you were you, that you didn't go to the bathroom in Waukesha. <laughs> one or number two? Okay, can you go, can you go number two without going number one? I can't. Uh, I, I can go number two without going number one. Wow. It's very uncomfortable. I would never do it, but, but I could. Choice, it's just natural to go number one when you go number two. Yeah, it's a package deal. It's a package for deal. my package. Oh, oh, that's too much. <laughs> the best joke of the podcast came fifty-eight minutes in. <laughs> oh, is that what we're at? Fifty-eight. Yeah, we're doing well. Oh man, we talked about a lot. Liam Neeson. <laughs> we talked about risk for a solid ten minutes. <laughs> oh, I don't man. know what we've been talking about for the past twenty minutes, but we talked about it. Yeah. Uh, Mercy me, evidently. <laughs> Urination. What were What were you talking about while I was in Waukesha? Our line judging. We didn't even touch on our line judging career that we uh, we retired from. There's yeah. two areas of Quinn's life that he really hasn't aired much on the uh, podcast, and that is, uh, hit, we were pretty good at line judging for volleyball. We're fantastic at line judging. And then also um, two man volleyball. Yeah, we dominated Undefeated. the uh, the grad party circuit, and I can recall plenty of. Grad parties and Lake Somerset days where... We cleaned up. Yeah, and people... We started to become pretty infamous in our Small circle of uh, private homeschooled Christian and conservative friends. I think the only skills. game that we almost lost... That was a close one. I think we we like lost it and we said, like, yeah. give us 10 more points and like... Well, what happened was... How did that work? We played 
Remember how hot it was outside this oh, day? Oh, man. This is at <laughs> uh, like Somerset. No, this was right? a different thing. So it was so hot there, though. It was hot there. We we still won that, that game, no problem. There was a game right here in your backyard. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was crazy hot, but we ended up using that to our advantage uh, where it was you and me versus presumably your three sisters. Yeah. It might have been your sister as well. I don't remember. Maybe. I'm not sure. But we played the first game. Is that how they're organized I think in so. volleyball? Um, set or match? First set. Uh, are there no games in volleyball? Is that just yeah, a tennis Yeah, I think thing? it's a set and then the whole thing is so, three set and match. match. That sounds right. So I think we played the first set and lost, which was an uncommon thing for us. And so we said best out of three. three. And they took it. So at that point, it's out yeah. of our hands. We they decided their yeah. Fight. And then did we end up? Was it just three, or did we end up stretching it to five? I think we won two, and they might have complained, so we did five. Does that sound right? Five seems like a lot, but yeah, I don't remember. But we we lost the first game, which was uncommon, and we we said, "Hey, let's do an extra one." And they could have said no, and then our reputation would have been ruined. But. They decided to take us up on our offer, and we came back and probably got some heat exhaustion, but probably. worth it anyways. But, I, yeah, I, I can recall at least one time at Lake Somerset where it was way too hot and just spending the next half hour by the water cooler. Oh, man. But then you end up having chips and cookies and stuff, and the the hydration just isn't enough and then you have to pee every 15 minutes like i have well, i don't think that was right a now. problem back then i think it's uh you've turned a corner maybe it's your age it's just be- when i become sick maybe and you i have know a large prostate I, it could be i don't know i'd have to check myself for that more yeah. than i do once a day already oh, uh okay well wow. you would uh or i don't know i maybe it's just because i my i instinctively know to really load up on fluids when I get sick, but I really do feel like I pee a lot more when I get a cold than when I am just being normal. Yeah, you've you've uh, spending the day with you today, I, you've drank more water today than I have probably all of 2018. Yeah, I and my, that's only water. because of a sore throat. I mean, because it helps. I'm not a healthy person. Quite a bit, but I mean, even before today, on an average day, like, I almost have almost no water because multiple coffees throughout the work day mm-hmm. and that's, that's water it's just filtered yeah, yeah i suppose through god's gorgeous beans god's beans yeah god's beans. <laughs> yeah. and then for dinner i might have some water but I'm usually having a beer or something too so yeah i don't know it's been an interesting day always a frustrating day when you finally know you're getting sick i've been doing really well on this road trip so far and hopefully it's a little short thing and it's done by the middle of this next week i don't know they tend to stick around for an entire week though which would not be clutch because i have to do a conference at the tail end of this week so So where would you where did you pick up your sickness do you deal with um like sick children i mean i say that that sounds worse than a minute i spend a lot of time in the children's hospital yeah i have a cold well, sick children, a couple of things. Number one, I tend to get on average probably three colds a year, and that's just the norm for me. Okay. And so this would be in line with, you know, because I don't typically get one in the summer, but I'll always get one 
in the winter for sure. And typically one in the spring that just kind of randomly pops up, sometimes associated with allergies. And then not always, but sometimes one in the fall too. And this is just my fall one, I guess. The other thing though is I do spend my days going from high school to high school and shaking hands and stuff. And I'm also, I'm way worse at touching my face than I should be. Uh, just like natural stuff. I don't think it's necessarily nerves or anxiety related. It's just kind of how I function. But so that, you know, I'm not doing myself any favors with the amount of 18 year olds and 17 year olds hands I shake. And then yeah. inevitably that stuff happens. So can I, can I ask about um, our upcoming generation? What's a, what's the 18 year olds? What are they called? What's the next generation? Gen Y? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, so how are the handshakes? Are they pretty loose? Pretty, uh, most, most of them are pretty loose because a lot of the kids I talk to are kind of the stereotypical nerds. Um, and most of them tend to not be as socially, uh, up and coming. Oh, so that's too bad. occasionally you get some kids who try to strong arm you like Donald Trump, but oh, you know, really? yeah, the chainsaw motion, the I'm all about saw. the lumberjack. Yeah. The yep, saw exactly. My handshake in general isn't amazing, though, either. And this is my least favorite thing. When I have a bad handshake with someone, but it's because the grip is bad. Um, and I never know whose fault that is. It's like you don't get all of the you know meaty part in the hand. It's like, does right. that mean I have a bad handshake, or do we just like not Sometimes lock you don't well know if together? you like, went too far. Like You just grab kind of more fingers than actual hand. Exactly, yeah. And that's not... Whose fault is that? Like, you know? Yeah, I don't feel like that means I have a bad handshake. I know my handshake. My handshake is fine. But sometimes you don't, you know, you don't get a good grip. And then it's like, this is just a weird handshake. But I don't think that means that, that I have a bad handshake. Yeah. I. So I've been very conscious. I've, I've done the, uh, this is kind of viewed as being too much. <laughs> Not assault too much, but like where you shake the hand and then your other hand just kind of like taps the elbow. Or ah, like the mid the, part the of the, the arm, yeah. yeah. Is that too much? I uh, always thought that was like a like just kind of a nice. Sometimes, like if you're negotiating a nuclear peace treaty or something, you can put your other hand on top oh. of the handshake. I, that's a good move. Okay, maybe you could try that. That seems next very time. sincere. Well, you seem like a sincere guy. Well, I I try to be, but touching like uh, touching their arm is probably a little too forward. I never touch the arm. I never even think to do that. I probably wouldn't do it, not to be sexist, but I probably wouldn't do it if it was a woman. Well, just because it's like you I, know Obama's Title Nine and stuff. I don't blame you. Yeah. I yeah. guess why is it different? Does it does it does it really make a difference? I don't know. That's it. Shouldn't it? Does it? Yeah. Shouldn't this is a separate gender podcast that I'll have to get an expert oh here for. I heard there that we're up to 86 genders now. I, I haven't done the research on any of that. I just like heard the numbers floating around. It is kind of baffling to me, though. I'd have, I'm, I'm eager, although I'll forget to do it for a couple other weeks, to read about that and try to understand what all those different distinctions that they're claiming exist, because 86 is a lot more than the two that we're used to. So. That's so much. Okay, so if I say how many genders do humans have on the Google machine. Let's see what comes up. These it says, days. oh, it doesn't even say. 
Google's trying to walk that line, you know. It says 23 Chrome. Well, 23 chromosomes. That's not what we want to know. No, about. that's completely different. Um, oh, here's a list of the sexualities and their definitions. I hope they're just one, two. Three. But sexualities is different than genders. Like, there's a very new and specific conversation about yeah, okay, genders. genders. Genders and sex. There, oh, there's a lot. It's probably, it's probably, yeah. What, what, I mean, what are they called? Um, we've got transmasculine, social dysphoria, body dysphoria, butch, femme or femme, binarianism, or, yeah, binarism, hmm. uh, trans man, trans woman, intersex, transitioning, gender presentation, gender role. This just looks like it's a, um, a dictionary. Yeah, I'm going to have to read more about Ray this gender, later. Someone who has a weak gender identification i i think um it's hard because what you end up getting to is a uh it's just it's so easy to look at everything in life in terms of like a scale like i personally when you look at like mental illness i look at that on a scale like i feel like i i probably suffer from variations of like you know yeah i was gonna say i feel like everybody does it's not no one's like the perfect human you know what i mean yeah not not saying that if you have a mental illness you're less than you know perfect but we're all just kind of somewhere here you know there's not necessarily um something all the way on one side and all the way on the other it's just kind of where you are you right but i don't know that's um my Gosh, this could get into really deep water pretty quickly. So I'm just shying around the outside, but yeah, around the outside, around the outside. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. Got anything? Uh, anything else you want to closing statement? Yeah, um, just like model you in. Oh boy. Well, we. What was the last? Uh, <laughs> don't ask me. Oh I don't man. know. I I sucked. No, you didn't. Who was the main person? The dais. That's like the list. That's like all the people. All the people. There's, um, I don't know if it was like secretary or something, secretary general or something. I, I yeah, I look at Miley Wine and I think it was a great experience, um, but also the kids around me were there, basically, um, <laughs> for, not for Miley Wine. Like you remember all the kids. They would go, like, when we had breaks, they would just head up to their hotel rooms with, like, oh, hey, Canada, you want to come to my hotel room? Oh, and other people always got candy grams, but I never got yeah, a I candy gram. Yeah, I never got candy gram. Yeah. I was busting my ass just trying to preserve world peace. And well, we were kind they of They would in never a, let me talk. We were kind of in a weird position between the kids who were just there to be there and, like, having a good time. Yeah. And then the other kids who were, like, really into it and really good at it right and we were kind of in between where we were doing our best but we weren't necessarily very good at it um we were grinders we we very much kind of respected the game and respected the rules and in order to be really good at it you have to go a little cavalier a little rogue yeah and um, you have to go to private school, evidently. Yeah, and uh, be friends with everybody. I mean, else we went school. to a private school, just not super, not the same though. type of, <laughs> a little too private, <laughs> ultra private. <laughs> but like, I feel like it was like us, and then there was like a private school where there was like half the people, and every they all knew each other, so they would team up with each other and lend polar bears and lions. 
Yeah, you're right. There would be there's a lot of that going in on. community. There would be multiple, or there would be a school that would have multiple countries, and that's a big advantage yeah, for just like building alliances and especially when you have like two countries that should not be forming an alliance. <laughs> It's the beauty of modeling they, UN. You know, in the real world, um, well, that's the other history, thing. It, it doesn't work out. We this way. we spent a lot of time in preparation and stuff, right. and this was just my mom's philosophy on it. Was um, you know actually like reading and doing research yeah. on countries and actual real world things, which is the way it partially should be done. But also, you know, no one else was doing that stuff, right. but. So what it meant was we would go to these conferences and, you know, complain about something going the way it is because that's not the way it's supposed to be. Well, at the end of the day, Model UN, like many things in high school, is a game. And unless you play the game right, not necessarily right, but the best way. Aggressively. Yeah, then you're not going to necessarily succeed by a certain metric in which you might receive an award. Yeah. Although, with all that being said, Jack won multiple awards, so he yeah, at least he had it figured out. So, yeah, he knew what he was doing more than any of us. And he did modeling in college for a couple of years. Yeah, so that's true. He was better at that stuff than any of us, but fun nonetheless. Yeah. Teaming up with Barbados and <laughs> Canada when you're Rwanda and stuff, you know, that's, oh, a, that's a classic partnership. So. There's a there's some history there between someone that we went to Model UN with in Canada. Oh I, really? Yeah. Ooh. Should I say his name? Uh, first initial maybe. It's <laughs> so obvious. <laughs> Is it the last one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You'll have to tell me the story after. I know who we're talking about now, but I don't know the the relationship. He just had a huge crush. Oh, on you're right. Now Canada. I remember that. I mean, that's yeah. a deep pull. I wouldn't have ever remember that oh, if man. he hadn't said that. I, you know, it's too bad. I don't think that ever panned out. But he saw I don't think girl. he's listening right now, so I'm not that worried about yeah, it. Yeah, but he saw this girl, and she was from Canada. Oh, Canada. Uh, oh, Canada. We used to wake him up every morning <laughs> by blasting, oh, Canada. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, well, man. I can't believe a, you remember there's that. There's so many more stories that could come with this. Your yeah. hand being between two pillows. <laughs> is that a model UN story, though? Is, was, or is that just plain strains and automobiles? Well, it was. It was a reference, but we had to share a bed because Did we were we? in the same room. <laughs> nice. And I think we made Andy Thompson sleep on the floor. <laughs> Shout out Andy Thompson. What a Poor guy. And then, uh, wait, no. Too bad. No, Quinn and I shared a bed. And then it was, um, I think it was Zach and Andy. <laughs> and Andy said... <laughs> I'll sleep on the floor because <laughs> he didn't want to share with Zach or something. Quinn and I were masculine enough to be like, ah, just stay on your side. We also, had a nice we pillow. Like knew each other well. Yeah, we had a nice yeah. pillow barrier. Yeah. Mm. I don't remember really anything from that very first one at U of I. Most of my memories are attached to the Palmer house. Yeah, but that's accurate. I know you were only there for one of those. I had three of them. Yeah, I was only there for one. The other one was just kind of a weird historical. I don't, what committee were you even in? I was doing like the Ottoman Empire. Okay. Uh, reenacting that. Um, yeah. And we were. Pro- oh, you. Turkey. You, there was. Uh, yeah. Because there was. Uh, 
I don't know what the name of the conference was, but it's like or no, the no, that, actual uh, the actual historical meeting. It was like because it happened in Berlin in like the eighteen yeah, seventies, the and they split up Africa. Yeah. So you had that one, and I was League of Nations, like nineteen twenty nine or something. They did a weird like throwback type thing, which I kind of didn't yeah. like because none of it went as no. Yeah. Nobody in my games. room, I don't know what yours looked like, but mine was just like a regular, oh, it was terrible, like thirty seat college classroom. And you know what? That was probably uh, it. Might have been the same type of room then, because we were in a very small room with terrible desks, yep. so squeaky. Yep. And then um, I remember Italy was just like two college prep guys <laughs> who were pretty much dressed exactly like how you'd think they would be, and half the girls were in love with them, and nice. that's pretty much how they swayed the room and the people in charge just didn't care so well we think about it. it it's a bunch of like 19 year old u of yeah. i students running the hormone it. levels are yeah. rushing and uh russian and gushing <laughs> that's a little far but yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah, yeah. Well, good, you good times um, good times fresh i have memories times. from that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was the only ever person to do four years of Hallstrom Model UN because it only existed for four years. Yeah. I, I only did two. I was it was two, right? Yeah. I was in there too. Yeah, you were one of the OGs. It was fun. Yeah. Spent a lot of time in our basement like practicing yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Okay. You got anything else you wanna Throw in here before we. Oh, Last time you asked that, we trailed off on. Yeah, we're up know, to seventy-seven minutes. Seventy-seven minutes. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> probably go for eighty, right? We talked about a lot. Um, been all over the place. Uh, I would say if you're if you've made it this far, good for you. Uh, keep supporting uh, the B Town podcast. Um, I think it's a worthwhile endeavor. I yeah. I haven't missed an episode. That's good. I might not listen Probably to this one, one, at least not for a while, because I know hey, everything that it's, This is going to be a good episode. This is going to be a fun one to listen back um, to, because we just talked about a lot of funny things. A lot of random stuff. Um, Sometimes that's the best. But as far as like adding any knowledge, imparting any knowledge, or parting thoughts, I don't yeah. have too much. Um, yeah, well, I've gone like nine months without any good knowledge or thoughts, <laughs> good knowledge. so don't feel bad about one episode. Um, if you... If you would like to uh, follow me on the Insta chat, on the Twittergram, um, it's pretty much just my name. Sometimes you throw a T in there, though. Yeah. Do you know what my middle name is? I sure do. What? I probably shouldn't say it on the air, though. Uh, that's probably fine, right? I don't know. I don't want anyone coming after you. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, after after the Beantown Unplugged... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Come People with bite me pissed off at my vocal performance <laughs> and or musical inability. Yeah, all 45 of my personal Facebook friends who viewed the video are going to be going nuts. I think it went up. I think it's 56. Oh, that's pretty good. I haven't checked. But I'll have to look at the analytics after this. I only got two hate messages. So that's, that's pretty good. good. That's a decent ratio. Yeah, that's better than I normally do. But yeah, I'm out. That's, that's all I got. Pretty much all right. Well... Thanks again to Matthew for coming on the podcast, Anytime. doing a concert on the fly with us, and letting me stake out in his basement and let me do my laundry here. You don't have to sleep down here, by the way. 
Well, I'm so comfortable now. <laughs> it just it doesn't really matter because I'm just gonna crash very soon anyways. Although here's the thing, should I should I fold my laundry before I fall asleep? Is it uh, like does it have the ability to be wrinkled? Oh yeah. Then probably yeah. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to pick myself up off. I, I'll I'll help you fold. Not your underwear though. That's <laughs> your own. Or your socks. That's too far. <laughs> That's like all it is. <laughs> what? Then why are you worried about it being wrinkled? Because I want my that. undies to look good. I mean, like, I guess I don't know. No, I got life. a couple of pairs of khakis and some polos in there. I, I will go fold it. Um, you can't see this now because we only live streamed the concert, but we are both more or less lying down on separate couches here. That's how much energy we have left yeah, just looking up at this at the sky i mean we're already Sailing. into the next day it's past midnight so is it really yeah it's i'm not wearing my glasses but yeah, yeah. twelve fifteen. yeah i am wiped i was up at seven this morning it was about a six hour drive up here and uh we played some call of duty explored some virtual reality oh yeah Quinn's pretty good at that. Yeah. <laughs> you picked up on that pretty quick. Though. Yeah. Yeah, give me a couple extra, you know, years and I would get better at it. But did some skateboarding action. Got some sick videos and pictures. Oh, yeah. Et cetera. We'll have to look at those later. Yeah. And uh, ate some food. And uh, did The chicken some was a little dry. Did you catch that? Well, here's what we needed. We needed a spoon in the pan to capture some of that sauce. Yeah. Because what ended up happening was there was a lot of good sauce that just wasn't used for anything. Yeah. The sauce would have been good to like ladle over some of the potatoes. That's why I, I did the dip dip. Yeah. Right. See, I was onto that. Yeah. So everything would have been fine if we would have been able to ladle some of that premium sauce in onto or into something, but it's okay. It was Next still good. Thing. Chicken meat can be tricky. That's true. It tasted really good on the outside. It, it was a little dry on the inside. It wasn't egregious, though. This is egregious. <laughs> yeah. The office quotes never stop around here. They really don't. That and Gilmore Girls, apparently. No, I don't get a start on Gilmore Girls. I can't. Oh, geez. Final four words. I won't spoil it for you. But new life. Uh, okay, let's end this so I can go fold my laundry and so I can go to bed. They desperately need because guess what? Got another three to four hour drive tomorrow. That's just my life. What's now. the uh, what's the podcast schedule for next week? Next week will be unique. We'll be podcasting from an entirely brand new state. The plan is Sioux Falls, Ooh, South Dakota. Oh yeah, yeah. What for? I don't know. I think I was driving through. Just living life. Yeah, just living life. I, too, have driven through Sioux Falls, although I know nothing about the city. So we'll see. That's the schedule, or that's the plan right now. It, it'll be in between Hashtag unique some week. traveling. Yeah, unique week. Absolutely. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening. You can find us on Twitter at White Buns. already went through the email. Um, it's White Buns with a Z, by the white way. White Buns with a Z. Yeah. yeah. This uh, episode is streaming on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcasts, except for the places where it's not. 
You can find it there. This has been Quinn David Furness, along with special guest star Matthew Fiedler, presenting the Bean Town Podcast, the People's Podcast, one of more Bal- one of Baltimore City's top five hundred podcasts. You won't believe this, but I got to pee again. And so with oh that, I see. And here's the thing that that was the water that I had at the start. So it's not just a matter of drinking more. It can't be that way. I don't know. Do you retain water? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about this stuff. The last science class I ever took in my life was AP Physics, my senior year of high school. And we didn't talk about water retention in AP Physics. F equals MA. Worth... Excuse me. You uh, mix the letters around anagram style. It's fam. 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 So wham, bam. Thank you, fam. Thank you for <laughs> listening to the podcast. And uh, we'll come to you live next week from Sioux Falls. All right. Have a good one, everyone.